You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. I follow Lee Adler from Liquidity Trader and I retweet and I like his tweets and uh, yeah, he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. But on Friday, when he sent out a tweet, yeah, he really did get the recognition he deserves because it went viral. And it says here, Fed QE, not QE, starts at 80 billion monthly plus TOMO. I don't know what that is. The system is burning down. People love this. And I don't know what it is. But anyway, let me read this to you. The Fed made this shocking announcement today. Fed QE to total 80 billion US dollars per month to start. Lee Adler is on the phone with me now from Philadelphia. And... Lee, I don't understand it. From quantitative tightening, we've gone to quantitative easing again. It's a it's a never-ending cycle. I mean, and, and the cycle is becoming more compressed. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Hi, Lindsay. Well, I would love to be in Philadelphia. I'm down in Florida right now. And yes, the Fed is back to quantitative easing. Uh, they did it much more quickly than I was anticipating that they would, but they're... Uh, playing a little semantic game with us, claiming that what they're doing now is not quantitative easing, but uh, it's effectively it's exactly what they were doing when they were calling it quantitative easing. It's just that they would prefer that we call it something else right now, but the effect is the same. They're buying treasury securities directly from primary dealers and injecting billions and billions in cash into the financial markets Day in and day out, week in, week out, month in and month out. It says here, in accordance with this directive, the desk plans to purchase Treasury bills at an initial pace, an initial pace of approximately $60 billion per month, starting with the period from mid-October to mid-November, and it goes on from there. So essentially, they've reversed a policy that they said they were going to reverse before. So we had a, a reversal at the end of last year, November, December, they said they would reverse and go to uh, QT. Now they've gone back to QE. This is chaotic. Yeah, it is chaos. I mean, in October of 2017, they began the process of shrinking their balance sheet. They called that normalization. And they were actually draining funds from the banking system. And the maximum they got to with that was $50 billion per month in draining operations. Now they're starting with $60 billion a month in outright purchases, which more than reverses the $50 billion a month they were pulling out. And that's only part of it. The other part of it is, as you mentioned, the TOMO, which stands for Temporary Open Market Operations. And uh, all that is, is they're just lending money to the primary dealers to buy these treasury securities. And they started that at $60, 70000000000 billion per day. They've been rolling that over. Then they added uh, what they call term repos, which are they did a term of 14 days on those. So they're lending money both overnight and for 14 days at a time. And the current outstanding on that since they began that program in uh, mid-September, as of today, we're at $190 billion outstanding. So in the space of one month, they've already added $100 and $90 billion in cash to the system by floating these 
temporary repo loans to the primary dealers. Is that why the market is going up? Is that why the market is very close to its all-time record highs? And when I say the market, I mean the equity market, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Is this why this thing is going up? Because there's so much money, uh, the the primary dealers don't know what to do with it. But they do know what to do with it because they are buying equities. They don't even know what these equities are. They're just buying them because they've got so much money. Well, uh, it gets a little complicated, but yeah, um, when the uh, Fed is pumping money into these dealer accounts, this is the conduit. This is how it works. They, uh, these permanent and temporary operations are conducted exclusively with these 23 or 24 uh, primary dealers that deal with the Fed and the U.S. Treasury. And when the Fed buys securities from them or lends them money, it simply credits their accounts at the Fed, they have a checking accounts at the Fed, just like we have a checking account at our local bank. So the Fed buys these securities from them by crediting their accounts at the Fed. So essentially, they're adding money to the trading accounts of these dealers. Now, the dealers are obligated to purchase U.S. treasuries to the extent that is needed if other buyers don't step up. And what's happening since the 8th of October when the 10-year yield hit a low of uh, about 1.51%, that's the 10-year U.S. Treasury note, we're now up to 1.78% today, and yields are moving steadily higher. So apparently the market and the dealers are so overloaded with bond inventory, they don't want to buy any more bonds, so the yields are rising, and instead they're buying stocks. Um The system is so highly leveraged at this point. Yes, all of this money pumping is bullish, but will it be as bullish as it was under the original program of QE? I kind of doubt it. I think this thing could go haywire at any time. It's only bullish because it means that there's money that needs to be deployed. It's as simple as that. It's not as if you say, well, this particular company is in Pennsylvania and it makes these widgets and these widgets are going to be used by the people that are employed in America and only 3.5% of people in America are unemployed. It's not like that, is it? It's just because primary dealers sit down in the morning, have their cup of coffee, do whatever they do in the bathroom, and then off they go and buy with all this money that they've been given. Is it fundamental? Is it artificial or is it a combination of the two it has nothing to do with economic fundamentals obviously the economies have uh, well the u.s economy hasn't changed at all it keeps trundling along at this slow but steady growth rate of two percent nothing has changed economically what has changed is that the financial system the banking system went into crisis in the middle of september so the fed has now pumped in 200 billion in temporary open market operations plus it is committing to as much TOMO temporary open market operations as is necessary to keep interest rates at the level the Fed has promised and now it's committing to adding 60 billion in new money in purchasing T bills again to attempt to keep interest rates where the Fed wants them the the financial system is in deep crisis the Fed doesn't come into the market 
and issue $200 billion worth of financing and commit to issue another half a trillion over six months if something's not wrong. The system is broken. The house is on fire. It's burning down. And the Fed is trying to pour immense amounts of liquidity into the situation to try to bring it under control. It isn't clear to me that it can. And the bond market, the dealers are not cooperating in that respect over the last 10 days because we've seen bond yields start to ratchet higher and higher and higher. So this is this is the key. we got to watch the bond market. Okay, so what's the bond market going to do? And, and why are they doing that? I do, you, you see, the, the question that I keep on writing on my little uh, scribble pad here is why? Why are they doing it? Is it because of a political influence or is it because they see something in the future that means that the US economy and thus the world economy is going to come under pressure? Why are they doing it? Is it political, I, first of all? No, I, I think it's just a liquidity crisis. And they are the, the dealers have record amounts of, of bond inventories. They are stuffed to the gills with bonds. If bond prices are and, and they're leveraged, this is the key. They've for the last year, they've been financing all their bond purchases with repo in the private bank market. So they're borrowing almost 95 to 100 cents on the dollar, every dollar of bonds that they purchase. So if bond prices start falling, the opposite side of that coin is yields start rising. The dealers are immediately sitting with a loss. They're financing these purchases with overnight loans. The lenders want collateral. Okay, that's what a repo is. You promise to buy back the security. But now if if the bonds are falling in price, they do not have enough collateral value to cover the amount of the loan. So the system is in perpetual crisis if they cannot get these bond yields to reverse and come down and bond prices to go up. The dealers are going to be in perpetual crisis having to raise uh, collateral value, having to raise cash in the market. That's why I suspect that this time quantitative easing will not have the desired effect there's simply too much leverage in the system. There is too much bond uh, inventory. And now the Fed has committed to buy virtually every penny of, of uh, Treasury bonds and notes that the U.S. Treasury is going to issue from now until kingdom come. Well, you talk about perpetual crisis, uh, but uh, we've been in perpetual crisis. Well, OK, let's say that the bull market is uh, 10 and two thirds years in, <laughs> in, in, in age. Right. I'm looking at the S&P now, and we're pre-recording this podcast, and I'm looking at the S&P futures contract, 2997.38, up 1.08%. So some people say, well, just bring this money on, and let's just do something with it, because we've got nothing else to do. There's only only so many bottles of champagne and so many jars of caviar that we can buy. So let's just buy the S&P, and up it goes. So this perpetual crisis that you talk of has been in perpetuity for, I don't know, a couple of years now, and we've been talking about it, but up it goes and up it goes. Something's got to give at some stage, surely, Lee. We are at a much different level of crisis right now because of this problem of the dealers holding so much bond inventory and being so highly leveraged. At some, I mean, it's clear from the market going haywire a month ago that they literally hit some kind of limit They cannot go any further. And the signal was this spike 
in private repo borrowing rates in the middle of September. That was the signal. That was the red light that started to flash and said that the, the system is out of cash. And the Fed jumped in. The Fed immediately recognized the situation. Oh, they said this is a one-off. It's just because uh, the corporations had to pay taxes and they just had to, uh, and the government was selling a lot of paper in the middle of September. Well, that's BS because that happens every quarter. That's not a one-off. It was a sign that the market had reached a limit. They can't borrow anymore to finance all this treasury issuance. So now the Fed has to monetize it. There's no choice. So it's a very technical situation. And and the, the signal was very clear from the market last month when those rates went through the roof. Okay. So what do we do from here? Do we just wait for it to break? And after the first 10% fall or the 10% rise? I mean, I must admit, you did put out a note last week that says, uh, technically, that the S&P was going to shoot to the upside, and it's done so. And here we are close to 3000 again, maybe uh, 1%, maybe half a percent away from the all time high. But what now? Double top, triple top? From a technical perspective, we're really in this tight, tight trading range. I mean, we're talking about this bull market that hasn't gone anywhere since July. We've been in a very, very narrow trading range between 30.25 on the top side and about uh, 28.25 on the downside. And once that range is broken, it could go either way, again, because the Fed is printing so much money, pumping it into the system, and they are selling bonds. So some liquidity is going to be freed up. And, you know, they may decide that the economy is overheating and we're going to buy stocks. At this point, we don't know until the market tips its hand and that everything is lined up technically for a bullish resolution. But I would hold my fire here at 3000 on the S&P until the market shows clearly that it can get through. If it does get through, then the sky's the limit. They're going to push this thing a lot higher simply because there's nowhere else to go. If it fails here, and I mean, we are really right on the edge of the precipice here as we flirt with 3000. If it fails to get through that and begins to roll over, then the wheels are going to come off and we could see a, a significant bearish move. Or we could just stay locked in this insane trading range, this 200-point trading range for uh, for many more months. But So I have to withhold judgment until the market makes clear what it's going to do. You're not looking at earnings. You just have a look at uh, the flows from the Fed and uh, to the right. banks and what people are doing with, the, with the bonds and everything else, which um, is sort of beyond me a little bit. But it, this is uh, from a website called investing.com in the last few minutes. It says... The following, Lee Adler. Stocks jumped Tuesday and the Dow briefly showed a gain of more than 300 points as Wall Street cheered third quarter earnings. You don't look at earnings, you just look at numbers. The blue chip index was up 1.1%. A gain of 300 points would be its second in three sessions. The S&P 500 was up 1.2%, trading around 3,000. The index hasn't closed above 3,000. Um, since September the 19th, NASDAQ up 1.4%. And the catalyst, apparently, earnings from JP Morgan Chase and United Health, etc. But when I see earnings from JP Morgan's Chase, I think to myself, well, that's what Lee's been talking about liquidity, simple as that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about bank earnings. I mean, I'm going to be very, very frank with you. For me, it's, it's about bank. the macro. Pardon me? It's a bank. So obviously, it is influenced yeah. by liquidity. 
Yeah. Um, well, obviously, J.P. Morgan isn't having any problems with the liquidity, but apparently Goldman Sachs is. So, you know, the spreads, I think that they're in trouble with their bond inventory. So I can't speak to what uh, J.P. Morgan is doing right at the moment and what is causing Goldman Sachs to have some problems. Uh, you know, I'd imagine it's their bond positioning. So in terms of the individual fundamentals of the individual banks, I just don't know. But I do believe that on the whole, they are all facing severe difficulties. Now, that's a quarter, uh, by the way, now that you mention it, that's a, a quarterly earnings report. And that quarter ended on what, September 30th? Yes. And the bond market didn't turn until October 8th. So everything was moving in their favor in the uh, third quarter. But suddenly, since the early, you know, a week ago, a little over a week ago, the, the bond market has turned and it has turned radically. So I don't think those numbers are going to hold up in the current quarter now that I think about it. Lee, I need to buy something for my children. My son is 26. My daughter is 22. I want to buy them something that they will remember in a year's time. I think I should look out some out-of-the-money S&P puts. What do you think? Uh, I, I wouldn't go there yet. I would wait for that signal that I'm talking about, Lindsay. Wait to see if the uh, S&P rolls over here, because if it breaks out through 3000 and 3025 then your puts are going to be worthless in a year. And I don't think you want to give your kids something that, that ends up being worthless, right? So well, they've got me. I'm worthless. So, But do yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, it's some, yeah, some really you, uh, deep yeah, out of the money. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you as a technician is to wait for the market to tip its hand to tell you which way the players are going to run with the ball this time. The volatility right on the two thousand on the on the two thousand S and P puts for December twenty twenty must be incredibly low. The premiums must be in the in the doldrums. Right, but all as I'm saying to you that you know the technical indicators are very favorably disposed to the bulls right now, and I need to see more proof. That, that, that that's not going to play out before I go with puts at this point. And I'm not saying that it won't because the liquidity factors, that we're in a brave new world here where the Fed is trying to overcome a very severe liquidity crisis, and we don't know if it will succeed or not. So we have to wait for the market to tip its hand. Okay, brave new world, but I can't wait for that because I want to buy those puts at the lowest volatility and I want to get them for nothing and they're going to make me, a, you know, 20, 30 times my money, I think. But anyway, you, Lee, my friend. <laughs> thank you very much for your encouragement. Um, how do we get hold of you? Just tell us how we follow your work. Okay, uh, you can find my free articles a couple times a week at wallstreetexaminer.com and my proprietary in-depth research and recommendations are at liquiditytrader.com. Okay, and just tell me about that piece that you wrote on, or rather published on Friday, and it's got thousands, I mean, thousands and thousands of views. What was that all about, and how do people get that? Yeah, again, that's published on wallstreetexaminer.com. You can find it listed on the homepage. And um, I talked about this new program that the Fed is engaging in, and the fact that whether they want to call it quantitative easing or not, it is, it has the same effect. So the semantics, uh, don't get hung up on that. The Fed is printing and pumping a lot of money into the system. But at the same time, we're dealing with unprecedented stresses that 
the last time around weren't even as great as these are now. So we just don't know whether they're going to be successful or not. And the market will tell us soon enough. Lee Adler is from Liquidity Trader and also Wall Street Examiner, and he's been describing a brave, new and very scary world. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.